Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, good morning, Every Nation New Jersey. God bless you. PA here, Pastor Adam Burt, and I'm so excited that you would choose to spend your Sunday morning here with us at Every Nation, New Jersey. And so, uh, as you know, we've been we've been going through the Gospel of John. And today we're at a pivotal part. Jesus is going to say, I am the Good Shepherd. And so we have lots to talk about this morning. So I'm going to jump right into it. And this might feel a little bit aggressive uh, to begin, but we got a lot to get through, all right? So, so here's my opening question for you uh, this morning is this. Who is your shepherd? Who is your shepherd? Like, uh, and I know that, that, you know, some of us here, it's 2023. Hey, I'm my own man and I, I, I build my own world and, you know, I am my own God or whatever. But, uh, man, if you're telling me this morning that, hey, man, I'm my own shepherd, uh, here's what, like, and we've said this time and time again. Once again, I said I'm going to be a little uh, bit aggressive this morning. Uh, no one has lied to you more than you. No one has deceived you more than you. No one has misled you or hurt you more than you. It's just the truth. Like if you look back in the rearview mirror of your life, you're going to see a lot of carnage back there. And it was all because you were trying to be your own shepherd. And so uh, I, I hope uh, you remember Barak. I think we have an image of him going up. So Barak was a sheep that had been lost for five years. Like uh, Barack was like, hey, man, I'm going to be my own shepherd. And guess what? It didn't work out very good for our man Barack. Like, first of all, it's a miracle that this sheep is still alive because sheep are defenseless. Like you have never heard the story of a, hey, man, you remember that one time when when that sheep, uh, you know, beat the tar out of that wolf? You've never heard that story because it's never happened. Sheep are defenseless. And so uh, our, our sheep here, Barack, he was lost for five years. Uh, so uh, do you know that Merino sheep, that, that they never lose their wool. And so they, they need the shepherd to shear this, this heavy wool off. And so five years of growth on Barak, when they shaved it off of him, uh, it weighed 75 pounds. I'm going to say that again. It weighed 75 pounds. He's been carrying around this burden of 75 pounds. For the record, there was a, another lost sheep. Um, it was lost, I believe, for six years. His name was Chris. And, and Chris, uh, the wool on his back weighed, get this, 90 pounds. And it was, it was interesting. One commentator said, uh, that's, that's an award you never want to win. Because all it says about Chris is he's the most neglected sheep on planet Earth, right? And so sheep are in need of the shepherd to shear uh, their wool uh, off of them. And so do you know that Barak, despite the fact he looked so large, that he was he was malnourished and underweight because he couldn't get the food into his mouth. That as well, when they found him, he was suffering badly. That he had parasites in his eyes, uh, in his eyes and his nostrils. That there were ulcers all over his face. That he was he was continually and constantly in pain. I, I was instantly reminded of Jesus when he when he looked over Jerusalem and he said that they they were they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And so here's what I know here this morning, man. That if you're your own shepherd, I bet your life is looking a lot like Barak. 
um, uh, who is your shepherd this morning? And so I know that there's another swath of you that you'll say, hey man, I'm, I'm not my own shepherd. I just go with the flow, man. Uh, whatever the culture's doing, man, whatever uh, you believe, I believe. Whatever you do, I do. You just like to kind of follow the crowd. Uh, and if you do, uh, I promise you that's going to go very, very bad for you. Um, because it, so, uh, for example, did you know uh, back in 2005 uh, that uh, uh, a group of shepherds put all their sheep together? Uh, they went to have breakfast, and what happened? Systematically, one sheep uh, jumped over a cliff, and the, all the rest of the sheep, 1,500 to be exact, followed that sheep over the cliff. One by one, they they fell to their death. Oh, excuse me, they didn't all die. Um, Only 450 of them died because the other sheep landed on top of the dead sheep and with all the cushion from the wool, it was was like jumping uh, into a, a pool of cotton balls. It's kind of funny, but not really that funny, right? And so uh, in, in Matthew 7, man, Jesus is going to say, hey, man, don't follow the crowd. Don't go with the crowd. It, it leads to death. In Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, Jesus says, man, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it uh, are many. He says, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. And so I, I see just uh, men and women following the crowd, and, and it's leaving, leading them over a cliff. Man, following what the culture has to say about family, about sex, about money, all these different things, and it's leading them on a road to death. Man, who is your shepherd this morning? You know, David, if you remember David, uh, he was the shepherd boy who had become king. And here's what David said, that David said this, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And so, um, so I mean, just to feel the weight of that, do you know, um, I, once again, I'm starting aggressive here. Do you know that uh, David uh, is stronger than you? He, he just is. Like if you read about him in the Bible, David never lost a fight he got in. Uh, that David, he killed a lion and a bear with his hands, all right? David's stronger than you. Uh, that David killed a, a nine foot nine Philistine warrior named Goliath. Can we agree David is stronger than you? And yet at the end of the day, David would confess this, I am not trusting in my own strength. He says, he says my shepherd, his rod, and his staff, they comfort me. Man, I'm trusting in the rod and the staff of the shepherd for security and safety in my life. Um, and then uh, if the, the, the sheep going over the cliff thing didn't prove to you that sheep are dumb, uh, I'm going to just, I'll show you this next video clip to prove to you that sheep are incredibly dumb. All right, let's roll the tape. не сломай только ему умничка умничка за обе ноги молодец ряда умничка умничка все операция удалась that's what's so staggering when when Jesus uh, when uh, David says, "Man, uh, that that I'm like a sheep." 
Like David, once again, he's smarter than you and I. Like you might have a PhD and all that, but you know what David was doing? David was running a nation. Man, I can barely run my household or our small church, okay? <laughs> David's running a nation into its glory days. That, that David, uh, do you know he had a pretty smart kid? Like your kid might be on the honor roll, but Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. Man, David's smarter than you and he's smarter than me. But after all that, David basically says this, Man, I'm a dumb sheep in need of a good shepherd to lead me into green pastures and still waters, right? And so so that's it. And so um, here's our text today. It's going to be in John chapter 10, and Jesus is going to say, I am the good shepherd. Uh, let's go in John chapter 10. We'll re read verses 1 through 5. So Jesus says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will follow uh, from him, for, uh, for they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Let's jump down to verse 10. It says, uh, Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. And for the record, you need to hear me this morning, man, that there's a thief out there and he, he wants to steal you of everything that's good and right in your life. Uh, he wants to kill. He wants to kill every hope and dream you have in your heart. And he wants to destroy everything you hold dear to you. The thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But here's Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me, I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. And so, um, I love this, man, that, that Jesus is the good shepherd. And he begins by saying this, man, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And so, uh, do you know, uh, like, like literally that, that sheep knew the voice of their shepherd. And I want to show you this uh, quick uh, YouTube clip. And, and it shows uh, other shepherds trying to call the, the, the flock uh, that belongs to the good shepherd. And they, they'll call and the sheep won't respond and they won't come. But when the good shepherd calls, they know his voice, their heads perk up and they come and chase after the good shepherd. Let's roll the film. Yeah. 
Wasn't that amazing? Man, man, I want to hear the shepherd's voice. And like those sheep, whenever God speaks, man, I, I perk up and, and I run after Jesus, the good shepherd. And um, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but, but how many different ways we communicate uh, as human beings. Like, like this is not exhaustive, but, but how many know, like we can talk face to face. Uh, we can talk uh, on the phone to one another. We can talk uh, via FaceTime uh, or Zoom. Uh, some other ones, like, like we can voc- talk via text, email, direct message, right? Um, some, how about this? Uh, you won't remember this, but there used to be this thing called Morse code or the telegraph. Did you know that the first telegraph message ever sent, it was Numbers 2323. Numbers 2023 reads this. It says, what has God wrought? Just kind of a cool, useless trivia. And so that you can uh, speak via Morse code. We can communicate via sign language. We can communicate via reading lips or body language. And, and last but not least, you know, that, that we can communicate via pictures or signs, right? That's why the, we use the saying, pictures are worth a thousand words. And so we just see all these different ways that you and I can communicate with one another. And then in the same way, do you know, God can communicate in, multi, in a multitude of different ways with his creation. Like, um, let me read to you Hebrews 1, verses 1 and 2. Uh, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, it says this, Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. And so um, uh, here's what I, I, like, I need you to see, man. The, the, like God has communicated with his people in, in a multitude of different ways. Like he spoke to Mary uh, through an angel, Gabriel. The, the name angel, uh, it just means messenger. And so he spoke, but Joseph, her husband, God spoke to Joseph through dreams. Man, the dream was, hey, get out of here uh, because Herod's coming to kill you and your family. Uh, that he spoke to the Magi, right, through the star uh, of Bethlehem. That he spoke to uh, 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 Elijah through a still, small voice. That he th- spoke to Moses through a burning bush. He spoke to Balaam uh, through a donkey, right? And so we see all these different ways. But we read in Hebrews that it's, it's in these last days that God in his goodness, he chose to speak to us through his one and only son, the word of God and the spirit of God, right? And so, um, so uh, like, you, like we're not aware of it. But you know that there's communication and sounds are continually uh, going on all around us, and we're just ignorant to it. Like there's there's hypersonic sound. The frequency's too high, and we don't have the equipment to hear it uh, in our ears. Or there's infrasonic sound. The frequency is too low, and we can't pick it up uh, with our ears. But if we were given the proper equipment, suddenly we would have ears to hear. And that's the story in the new birth. Like when you uh, believe on Christ, you are born again, and God gives you new equipment as your spirit is united with his. Suddenly, it's why Jesus would say this, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. God gives us the equipment through his spirit to hear the voice of God. 
But um, I think if we would all agree that, um, man, we all could hear the voice of God a little bit better. Like, I don't know about you, man, I wish I could hear better than I actually hear. And so let me give you a couple of tips that I'm trying to do in my own life. Man, I would encourage you to do in your life that you might amp up the volume of the voice of God in your life. Like, like the first thing I would say this, man, you have to have moments in your life where you just turn the, the noise down. You turn the noise down. Like, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Uh, my hearing is horrible. And so uh, if you and I are in a meeting and we go into a, like a busy Starbucks or something and there's a, a lot of uh, background noise, guess what? I'm not going to hear a word you say. I'm going to smile a lot and nod my head and hope I'm not agreeing to something that I don't want to do, right? Because I, I can't hear. There's too much noise in the background. But if we go to a, a quiet place, a place that I can, I can focus on you in your words, I can be attentive to you, then I can hear and understand you. And in the same way that, that you and I, we need to create space, these quiet spaces where we can get alone uh, with God, like, like time around the word of God, we can read it and listen, read it and listen. Times of, of dedicated prayer where the noise is turned down and, and I, can, I can speak to God and listen, speak to God and listen. Every morning, man, that's my flow. I, I've, I've fought for time. At 6 a.m., you're going to find me in my office with a handful of coffee, and, and I'm in that Bible. But I'm, I'm walking around, pacing with my coffee, praying and listening to God, right? Because I want to fight. I want to get familiar with the voice of God. And so I heard this illustration, and I thought it was so great. Is uh, like, like, moms, you're incredible. Like, like you understand baby talk. And, and so, like, like there's this one particular woman where, man, I just hear the kid crying, wah, wah, wah. And to me, it just all sounds the same. But it's, it's in each instant, like the mom, she's, she knows, oh, uh, he's sad. No, he's mad. No, actually, he's just tired. No, actually, he's hungry, right? Uh, it all sounds the same to me. But to her, she can understand, despite the fact he's not communicating with words. And, and to, to ask her, like, how do you understand what your baby's saying? And, and then here's what her response is. We spend a lot, a lot of time together. And that's how it is with you and me in God. As we spend time together with God, we start being uh, familiar with the ways he communicates with us. Listen, I, I've been following Jesus the best I can for the better part of four decades. And, and, I, and I'm starting to learn the way God communicates with me. You know, there's sometimes, man, I can be in times of worship and I just feel the weight of God on me. That's the only word I can use to explain it. Do you know, in fact, uh, the word for glory in your Old Testament, it's the word kabod. And it means weight, that there's a heaviness. And I can feel the heaviness of God on me. He's letting me know his majesty, his power, and his might. And yet there's other times when I, I feel God just squeeze my emotions. Like he'll squeeze my heart and, and I just begin to violently sob and cry. And I love it. God's just letting me know, hey man, I see you. I'm here. I'm near, right? And I'm so grateful for those moments. Other times, there's times I'm, I'm opening up the Word of God and there'll be a verse I've read a thousand times. But this time, man, it jumps off the page. And it's nothing other but, but the Spirit of God whispering to me, hey, this is for you this morning, right? And so um, 
There's also been moments when, when I've had impressions or pictures that just kind of bubble up on the inside of my heart. And uh, so, for example, our, our church, Every Nation, New Jersey, do you know it was birthed uh, out of a, an impression in unction from the Lord? I had this impression of, a, of an open window, and we realized it was, a, it was an open window from God to plant a church in northern New Jersey. And so, uh, and so I, wanna, I promise you that if you'll set aside to be with God consistently each and every day, man, you're going to begin to hear the voice of God because my sheep hear my voice. Uh, I want to put one little warning label, one little asterisk by this because I believe you can hear the voice of God. But having said that, I'm going to, let me uh, echo the words of Ronald Reagan. Like uh, Ronald Reagan was, we were in the Cold War with Russia and then it, it ended and we were supposed to be buddy buddies, but not really. And uh, so we still left up all of our missile silos are around Russia and Gorbachev was like, hey, it, you know, if we're best buddies now, why are all these missiles still pointed at us? And, and Ronald Reagan famously said, I believe, uh, but I verify. He says, I trust, but I verify. In the same way, man, I trust that I can hear from God but I also verify. And there's way, the ways we verify whether we're hearing the word of God correctly. Uh, uh, we can verify it by, by checking it off with the word of God. It'll, God will never violate himself and his word. That we can check it off uh, with, with church leaders, man, man, your pastors, your small group leader, or other people in your connect group or small group that, that know you and you can bounce it off them. And we also have the spirit of God uh, on the inside of us. That the scriptures would say, let the peace of God rule your heart. If there's no peace about the word you're receiving, you need to wait on that thing. And so we, we, we trust and we believe that we hear, but we verify. Man, my sheep hear my voice. And I, I want you to know that in order to hear um, the voice of God, there needs to be a posture of hearing. Uh, there's a, a fantastic book. It's called Surprised by the Voice of God. It's written by uh, uh, Jack Deere. And, and, and in it, Jack Deere says there's, there's three ways that, that you can position or posture your heart in such a way as to, to hear from God. And, and uh, posture number one is this, is a posture of humility, a posture of humility. Like, like God says that, that uh, I resist the proud, but I give grace to the humble. Like, um, uh, I, I'll t I've used this illustration for years. I think it's good. And so uh, I remember I was in uh, Manhattan. It was rush hour traffic as I'm awaiting the subway. And if you've ever been down in the subway in July uh, in um, New York City, it's, it's uh, oppressive. The heat, the stench. And then I'm waiting for, as the subway cars were going by. And, and everybody was just packed into these subway cars. I'm like, man, I'm not even going to be able to squeeze in. And then the, this train stopped right in front of me with an empty subway car. It opened up boom i'm like hallelujah i got my own subway car walked one foot inside of it and it smelled like a decaying carpet carcass i was like oh i know why this this car is empty now step back boom it can just go on its way and do you know uh, in, in the same way that pride it, it stinks in the nostrils of god it, it just does. Like pride is the original sin uh, of the cosmos. It's the sin of Satan. And, and pride is unbelievably subtle. And it'll sneak up on the inside of your heart. And so I, I want to give you just a, some pride repellent this morning. Like if we're going to walk in humility in order to posture our hearts to hear from God, you're going to need some pride repellent. And I think two great ways to do that is on a daily basis is confession and thanksgiving. Confession and thanksgiving. Like as, as we confess our sins 
unto God. We, we, we become painfully aware that we're not all that, and we have a lot of sanctifying to do in our life. As well, it gets our eyes off the sin of others, man, and, and dealing with our own junk. It, it'll create in us a lowliness and, and a humility, and as well, a gratitude and thanksgiving for the cross of Christ. And so as you're thankful and grateful for the things of God, it, it gets our uh, eyes off of us and onto the hands of the good God who gives us good things to enjoy, right? And so the first thing is humility. Number two is uh, the, the posture uh, of, of um, in order to hear well, is this availability. So there's humility, availability. Let me read to you a quote from Dallas Willard. Dallas Willard, he says this, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life. And listen, I think if you would uh, pay attention, man, we just go at a crazy speed. Just go, 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 go. And then we wonder why we're not hearing from God. God's like, hey, I just want to talk about, you know, and we're just go, 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 go. And we don't have time to stop and to listen. Uh, let me read to you Corey Ten Boom as well. Corey Ten Boom said this, if the devil cannot make us bad, he'll make us busy. Oh, that one hit home. If the devil can't make us bad, he'll make us busy. And we'll never have a moment to hear from God. You know, in the Old Testament, there was a, a great young prophet. His name was Samuel. And it says in, in 1 Samuel 3, it says, At this time, the word of the Lord was rare. And Samuel was unfamiliar with the voice uh, of God. And so he went to go into his room and go to sleep. And, and the, the voice of the Lord called Eli, or, or excuse me, called Samuel. Samuel thought it, it was the priest Eli. And so Samuel went into the other room. Yes, Eli, what would you like? And he says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And he did this three different times as the Lord was calling him. And he didn't know who was calling him. And finally, Eli realized this is the Lord. And, and he, he, he advised uh, Samuel to do this in 1 Samuel 3.9. And I think it's good advice for you and me. It says, um, it says, therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And so Samuel went and lay down in his place. And so Samuel would make that a practice in his life. He would stop and say, speak, Lord. Your servant listens. It was great advice for him, and I think it's great advice for you and I. Do you know, like, uh, uh, oftentimes, like, I'm constant. I'm either in the Word of God uh, or I'm in meetings with people. So I don't want to be that guy where I'm taking phone calls, like, hey, man, I'm really important and I need to take this. Uh, but, see, so normally my phone rings, it's going to voicemail. But if I see the name Susan or Cassandra or Elizabeth, my wife and my daughters, I don't care what I'm doing. I'm picking that thing up. Why? Because I am always available to the ones I love. And I always want to be available to my God, the one who I love, right? And so there's there's humility, availability, and then the last one is obedience. Obedience. And, and so uh, with that, see, here's the big idea. And I hope this has not happened to you, but this happens to me often. Now, people pull me aside, pastor, pastor, can I get a meeting? And then they'll kind of like like vomit on me. Hey, this is, this is my problem. And I'll get them what I feel like the bib biblical counsel is, and you need to do this. And it's not always easy. Uh, and then inevitably they won't do it. And then they'll come back, pastor, pastor, can I get a meeting? And he'll just regurgitate the same thing. And I'm like, hey, man, did you do what I told you to do? No. Well, then just keep, go away. Like my answer is not changed. OK, and it's that that's the big idea with God. If you're not going to listen to what he said in the first place, why would he tell you something different? Like, why is he going to talk to you and go through the effort of, of speaking to you when you're not going to listen to him anyways? 
And so I, I love the posture of Jesus, the posture of obedience. He says, I only say what I hear my father saying. I only do what I see my father doing. In fact, the, the refrain uh, of his life was this, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done, right? It, it is the posture of obedience, man. And so Jesus says, my sheep, they will hear my voice. But notice this as well. He goes, he says, he calls them by name. And, and man, in my studies, that just jumped off the page at me this week. That, that Jesus, like God knows your name. And, and so if you're familiar with the shepherds, they literally, the shepherds would call out their sheep by name. It'd be like Fred, Ted, Lisa, Bob, you know, whoever it is. And the sheep would literally weed themselves out one by one and come because the sheep knew their name. And uh, here's why I think that's so funny. And this is just a little side note. Uh, bear with me. But, uh, you know, I was, I was reading in the CNN health section and, and they actually had an article on this scientific research. They were they were trying to get to the bottom while the why cats uh, were unresponsive. It's like, hey, they, they, they would call the cat by name. And they thought, you know what? Maybe cats can't recognize their name. But after the scientific research, here's what they found out. Oh, cats know their name. Uh, they're just arrogant little creatures and choose to ignore you when they, you call them. <laughs> and so if you're a cat lover up there, don't get mad at me. Get mad at the science, okay? Uh, now, back to our story because we're talking about sheep and not cats. But, but um... Thanks for listening to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.